0: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
2: Out of the gates, ready to go, Thursday edition of OutKick 360 is here from 6th and Peabody with Yehaw Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine. Trey Wallace of OutKick.com joins us in 20 minutes. He'll tell us what Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, is doing on Capitol Hill today in D.C. Again, that's in 20 minutes. In hour number three, Armando Salguero of OutKick.com, the latest NFL headlines and much, much more. Plenty to hit along the way. Glad you're with us. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. If you'd like to join the chat, just search out outkick 360 Gentlemen,
3: good afternoon. You know, if you're listening to us on radio right now, I feel like you've already gotten part of the show with uh, Corey Taylor, who's filling in for David Reed with that added bit of spice and personality to the countdown really has me excited for the show today. So our our, our radio
2: station affiliate producers would be the ones getting that show from from Corey Taylor.
3: Well, we say hello Um, to you and that we love you and we love Corey's Countdown. It's all, yeah. all great. Thank all the great guys. producers. Yeah, he's the really going to ham is. it up. Now. Thank we've, you so much, We've guys, edged yeah. him on. Uh, yeah. He'll great. be here all the week. Now I'm a star. I, I don't Corey. think you can have too much Corey in those sweet, subtle voices, tones that he has. During that countdown.
2: Each
0: day we want a little more and a little more. I'm excited. Worry, um, <laughs> David
3: Reed is a lot to live up to, though. He's got the voice uh, of God.
2: Well, and he also is able to count backwards. How, how has that been for you? As you're, counting, you're <laughs> counting backwards, making sure the stations know that we're live at 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern.
0: Well, there's some people that have probably started a little late today because of me. 3-2-1 you
3: know. <laughs> is not yeah. that hard. Well, but it was a little tricky when Corey sort said 5, uh, 6, well, he's 7, got to figure four, out. 3. I is
0: could it, use some confidence uh, for yeah,
3: sure. Is it
2: 7 minutes more, or is it coming up on 6 minutes? You have to, you know, in the moment. It's, uh, it's Corey Taylor live.
0: Well, counting uh, upwards, we did not celebrate May 4th. And we're not celebrating May 5th, just in case anyone was wondering. There'd be no, uh, we're not having nachos in here. Uh, You
2: absolutely can have nachos in here at 6th and Peabody. We're not having them in here. Um, Paul's anti (laughs) Mexican. Yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine. They have a margarita moonshine. They've got your Cinco de Mayo beer here, as well as the taco shop from White Duck Taco Shop, which is phenomenal. Uh, And the nacho plates that they have now are massive, Chad.
3: They, they looked. Uh, I, mean, great. I saw a, one nice the other day. For you. Well, like, had this, it took
0: two people to carry it.
3: They've had this short rib taco that they brought in the one day. The one day the hunt was out that I was confused why someone was bringing food and waiting at the door and I called them in on air. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's for us on air. Uh, it's terrific. Uh, And I joke that Paul's anti-Mexican, but you are anti-team Mexico in soccer. I'm
0: anti-Mexico, even though your son, uh, your son adopted Mexico. My son uh, never adopted adopted Mexico soccer, and you were too cheap to give him the jersey when he would have worn it. True, it would have been classic if you gave it to him when he was four, because he would have put it on. I'm considering you 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 couldn't make the purchase.
3: I can be so cheap at times. I'm considering bringing donuts to the crew tomorrow, and I think that might be too big of an expense. (laughs) So if you think that donuts are too much, too rich for my blood. You better believe that Mexican soccer jersey for Paul's son was hey, way too rich. Hey, by the way,
0: rich. we've talked about how nobody has tip money on them anymore. Never. So in the Titans press box on the, on the second day of the draft, just because it was boring, I said, all right, everybody, right, we're going to do a snake draft here. Throw out a guy's name you think the Titans will take. And we went around the room, and I said, everybody throw a buck. And the first person who hits gets the pot. You know how many dollars were on the table? Two. <laughs> <laughs> Two of us. One guy actually Venmoed the winner a dollar and he got three dollars. So what he got was some pride. Nobody had a dollar on them. It's, well, it's just it's, the way of
3: the world now. It's difficult to have the tip money in cash. It's even more scarce to find someone with single dollar bills on them. Yeah. Like I know people who carry around like big bills. They'll have $400 on them at all times. But you're not going to find a single dollar bill on that
2: right, person.
0: Right, that twenty is this small right. bill. Maybe I, a ten. Uh, if you've just bought something, you I, might have eighteen dollars.
2: I get the sense there are a lot of people with money on them because every time I walk out of here, we're hounded by people at these street corners wanting cash. They'll shout. They'll shout me down now from a block away. I think hey, they're man. having
0: a harder time than ever because nobody has cash.
2: Or they're, they're mistaking me for Chad because Chad always gets the wallet out. I do,
3: yeah. I, I, I tend to give them cash if I have it on me. But Paul, but the, reason, the, the other day I was with Hutton and I gave a guy cash because it was the guy who's his 57th birthday. That stopped that you. guy was front. great. I was walking today by. And he, said, he said, "Hey, it's my fifty seventh birthday." And I was like, All "Every right.
0: day's his birthday." He's like the guy yeah, well, trying to get the, five dollars. <laughs> he's like my kid who always wants to get the free <laughs> dessert wherever. He's like, "Why don't you have it be your birthday today, Dad?" And I'm like, "Because we can afford to buy dessert, Simon. We're not we're not running a scam. This is not Better Call Saul. We're living it." I mean, it. Uh, you know. <laughs>
3: i almost want to hand this like, here's a five dollars and enjoy the drugs on your birthday. Well,
0: I often say that. Happy when I to give feed it. your habits, sir. When I give it to somebody and I, maybe it's terrible sizing them up, I, I say, don't, please, don't drink it.
3: Well, I actually respect the guys who like will walk around and say, I'm just looking for a beer. Can I get a dollar to get me closer to getting a beer? I'm like, well, I do appreciate the honesty. <laughs> So here, have here, the rest of mine, sir. Right. Well,
0: I mean, at Columbia, there was a famous guy. He said, can you spare some change so I can get a token? And we'd always say, if we give it to you, will you use the token to go to another subway stop to harass those people? Because you're always here asking for a token. That's terrific. But you never use the token to go somewhere else. <laughs>
3: Here's the token. Now go to another <laughs> stop and stay there for at least a week. Yeah. And then come back in a week, maybe. What will may- you do with this token? Hopefully a month. And then I'll give you a token again in a week or a month from now. Going to Brooklyn. I worked at a liquor store in college, which it produces a lot of great stories. But there was a, we, we were in East Knoxville and not a great part of town. And there were a lot of homeless people that would kind of wander around and make their way to the liquor store. And there was a guy every day, every single day, would walk in with a wadded-up, sweaty $2.18. Exact. $2.18 would get you a half pint of Tavarsky Vodka which was the bottom vod- shelf yeah. vodka that college you could vodka. find. This it is was how I shopped in
0: college it. also.
3: And I was, you know, <laughs> we would have these discussions about this it. the natty ice of vodkas. It, yeah, Meister Brow. Meister it. Brow was it our beer It was the beer uh, Milwaukee's best light. <laughs> Meister, of Meister Brow, find
0: that.
3: Uh, that's, yeah. But Buy anyway, so this, this guy would come in every day, uh, want that, and we'd have these discussions, me and my fraternity brothers that worked at this liquor store, like, man, d- do you ever feel bad? like giving it to him. like do you just stop him at some point and say you know if you accumulated that two dollars and 18 cents and spend it elsewhere maybe you could you know pick yourself up by the bootstraps and not be in the situation i love that and my buddy who was like the manager who was older than me and attorney brothers like not really our job to ask moral <laughs> questions like that it's all business and i'm like you're right you know we're we're You know, we're legal uh, drug dealers. Meanwhile, that same
2: day, uh, Chad purchased Pappy with his uh, Balanced Man Scholarship Fund. (laughs) Uh, True,
3: yeah. No, actually, I was probably buying alcohol on my mom's gas card that she gave me that she didn't know I was using to spend on alcohol at the gas
2: station. Now you know, Mom. Uh, While we're down this path, um, I went down the the wormhole last night of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial.
0: Oh, I've heard some.
2: Um, where he is, he is suing so her for weird. defamation. Well, she's so weird, too. They're uh, both uh, oh, strange. Yeah,
3: well,
0: she, he testified first, so I heard a lot of his. Uh, well, she, she has yet. fired
3: her PR team because of how bad she looks in all this she, also. No,
2: she fired her PR team a day before she took the stand. She's on the stand now. And, um, I mean, when I, when I say on the stand now, it was yesterday, today, and then these news reports at the end of every news report is like the trial is expected to continue for three more weeks. I was expecting like days.
0: Yes, This thing go is going on
2: long? and on and on. I don't know all this information. Like James Franco is, is rumored to be uh, called in. Elon Musk could be a witness, a character witness that they bring in for this. Um, he's suing her for defamation. 50 million is what he's after. And now she's on the stand in her defense to show that the op-ed that she wrote in the Washington Post was uh, either warranted or, or without malice. Yeah.
0: This thing is so pervasive, uh, it somehow came up with Simon, and he said, well, it did cost him a Pirates movie. It did. He told me. I was like, how are you knowing anything about this?
3: Well, there's. it's funny because all these uh, stories have come out from it because he's releasing all these... Uh, Plot details yeah. of the movie and in, in the cross examination, and when he was on the witness stand, where there's going to be a female-led Pirates of the Caribbean spinoff with Margot Robbie, apparently now, and he was talking about Disney's talks with him when they broke off, and the idea for his movie, uh, and what was going to happen. Which but is so he's completely blacklisted from Hollywood now, but he's making a movie in French in France where he plays Louis the Sixteenth in a movie that's going to be released at Cannes. Coming up that apparently he shot, but he can, he's making movies in Europe, but he can't get probably any work around, in America. Probably
0: around the Champs-Elysees. Possibly. <laughs> what, how about they what, shots uh, and stuff? What's there? she like on the stand? Because he was so weird with the pregnant pauses and his, uh, That's just his how he terms is. for pooping I, he's, he's, and he's stuff. He's always been that way. But I mean, he's yeah. gone to super extremes, I feel like. I feel like if she's normal she will do well i mean she's with johnny Just winning on she's not, here's what
2: i'm thinking if i'm Speaks on the jury if I, so there's a jury there and I, at first i thought the judge was having to decide this but there is a jury present a 10 present. person jury um I, I i could not if i'm on that jury i'm thinking to myself these are two actors yeah. who are taking the stand they're either like actors. is this them or is the, are they playing the best role of their life
0: no i feel like they're playing like, the I, best role i i would of not be life.
2: able to determine if I'm getting the real person or not, based on how I mean, all these text messages that are in, like they took they took photos of all kinds of stuff um, that they're they they have now in evidence. I mean, it's just crazy um, and bizarre. You know, he's she has an ex wife, and so she's referred to her on the stand. It's just all bizarre.
3: Well, you were you were telling me also why Elon Musk and James Franco may be called to the stand. Because of allegations in this.
2: Well, so they've they're alluded to the fact that he has he accused her of uh, cheating on him with James Franco. Like, that's out there. Uh, Elon Musk was a partner of hers. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't know
3: much about Amber Heard.
2: I don't know much this. about
0: her. She was woman. Was yeah, she? Yeah, a
3: recent movie, yeah. yeah.
0: Huh. What else has she been? Uh, she was in a movie with in...
3: Johnny Depp is how they met. Right. And I, I've seen the movie, but it obviously wasn't that memorable because I forget what it was. I'm She's
0: here got nowhere near right the profile now. that he has. No, 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 no. Wise.
2: It was the the writer who was the, you know the uh, fear and lo- based on fear and loathing that guy. He wrote this. I like um, when he wrote this. He wrote this script that Johnny Depp found in his attic, and then they started ca- trying to find uh, the S, cast. Hunter S. Hunter Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson. They yeah. tried to find this cast, and um, they
3: they ended up giving her the role.
2: When the they're talking
0: roles. about teacup Yorkies, it's completely fitting, like that they would have those <laughs> dogs.
3: So, yeah, she was in um, Justice League in 2021 as Aqu- Aqu- Aquawoman. Now she's going to be an Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, which has already been filmed, coming out in 2023. Um, she was in the, the original Justice League. I don't need to see that. How about this? Magic Mike XXL. Amber Heard was in that one. Paul, did you catch that one?
2: You'll find the one that where they're no. in, in it together. It's like no. 2011. I haven't caught any it's of the, the Magic Mike. Is the year that everyone's referencing in this trial. Is when they started? That's when they were in the, the film together. The Rum Diary? That's it, yeah. Rum Diary. There you go. There you go. Uh, uh, that's one that Jacob Swanson probably watched.
3: I, I have not seen that one. He's seen it, he says. Um, Jacob, have you, happened to see, have, you seen? Uh, have you happened to see 2015's The Adderall Diaries? That's another film that Amber <laughs> Heard starred in. That's the sequel? One more time as Jude in 2015. It, it, is, it is just bizarre,
0: there are guys. a couple if, of weirdos. You,
3: yeah. The Danish Girl.
2: Yeah, and, and he's tying all this back to. It it does go back to um Pirates of the Caribbean. He lost the Because he gig. yeah, he did not finish. It would've been Pirates of the Caribbean 6. I didn't realize there Is that, that, right? that. And yes. they
0: all make money. Simon was wrong oh, on so, that number. So, so <laughs> they all they they make money. To the, Simon told me it would have been 3. Um,
2: oh, no! they they took a shot at Johnny while he's on the stand or one of his um attorneys or um uh finance financial advisors. I, they've gone through all this stuff. And they went through, and they're like, is it true, sir, that, uh, in fact, the last Pirates movie was the least, um, uh, was the least, pro- least profitable? Uh, and he was headed down this, this path anyway. And le- the guy was like, well, I mean, the la- it, that is true, the yes or no answer. But he's like, I-, I need to give background on this. And they wouldn't let him. So on cross-examination, they, gave, they, they asked for background on the recross, and he said, "Well, it, it is true. It was the least profitable. It also made eight hundred million." <laughs> so <laughs> Johnny Depp said that. No, the, no, the, no, the, the financial yeah, advisor. Financial he's advisor. like, like if we, it is true that it's the least
3: profitable of
2: the series, but it but makes eight hundred million. million yeah. You know,
3: that's what, a great what? response. <laughs> <laughs> try, try to go make a movie that makes that, and, and make that your
0: least profitable film. I didn't need more than one of those, personally.
3: I, I thought they were really good. I think he's excellent. In those movies. Yes. I mean, Oscar-level good as Jack Sparrow, even though it's not an Oscar-type film. Yeah,
2: it, it was very good, very well done. And the, the the money that they pushed behind it to create all the sets and stuff.
0: Insane. The ratings this trial is getting. I mean, there are some people who are addicted.
3: Well I, well, I see all the quotes on Twitter. Like, I've been following it, just looking at Twitter and scrolling and seeing the crazy quotes back and forth from them has been something to watch.
2: You can hit us up on Twitter at OutKick360. Coming up, Trey Wallace will join us. Um, so, Greg Sankey and the Pac-12 SEC, they are on Capitol Hill today. Trey tells us the details as to why and what they're asking from Congress. That is next on OutKick360. First, though, Aurora Nutrascience, Vitalifescience.com is the website that keeps OutKick360 mentally sharp and healthy through the supplements you can find there. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. VitalLifeScience.com is the website, V-I-D-A, LifeScience.com. It's where you can see more information, and OutKick360 season ticket holders listening to us right now, you receive a 15% off discount if you just use the code OutKick360 at VitalLifeScience.com. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed in your body. Most are just wasted. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional and absorbable supplements that stay in your system. They, they're going to help you long-term. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and glutathione, but they offer so many more uh, that, that you can find that will help you if, you're, if you take medication for high cholesterol, if you're a weekend warrior, if you want endless benefits from, from curcumin, they can help you there too. Vitalifescience.com, 15% off with the code OutKick 360 at
1: Vitalifescience.com.
2: With Yeehaw Beer and Old Smokey Moonshine, this is OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. You can go to OutKick.com and read the very latest from Trey Wallace, who covers the SEC for OutKick, uh, including the story as to why Greg Sankey and the SEC, along with the Pac-12, are on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. today. Trey Wallace joins us for his weekly visit here on the show. Trey, hope you're doing well.
4: Yeah, I appreciate the intro music, uh, Dangerous Minds. That's fantastic, by the way.
2: <laughs> uh, that's what's happening on Capitol Hill, right? Uh, what What is Sankey asking uh, help for, for help with specifically on behalf of college sports?
4: You know, to, to be honest with you, Jonathan, I, I think this is a Hail Mary attempt uh, by a couple Power Five commissioners that are trying to regulate what's going on right now with NIL. And it comes off the fact that there has been no – let's just say legislation to come out from the NCAA in regards to how you handle the certain things that are going on right now which is a lot of people and a lot of coaches are talking about this this pay for play type deal um, these collectives that are out here right now the booster involvement when it comes to paying for some of these transfer portal players getting their deals set up getting everything lined up there's no regulation on this right now so everybody's just doing whatever they want and they've been meeting this week out in scottsdale arizona and i'm talking about commissioners and i'm talking about people involved in the game of college football in the ncaa and i think what we've come across is there is just no plan in the fact that we got this far when the ncaa said last july when this all went into effect The NCAA put just the bare minimum out there when it comes to rules and guidelines of how to go about this. And now, they're like, okay, we don't really know what we can do. We can try to change a few things, throw a few proposals in there. But right now, it kind of stands with who's going to take the ball and run with it and actually try to get something done. And as you can tell, Jonathan, by Greg Sankey heading up to Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C. today they're trying to make headway on this thing and they're trying to see if there would be some federal kind of legislation. But I just don't see it right now. I think we're a little bit too far down the road for anything to happen right here in the near future.
3: Well, and Trey, it's it's not just can they do anything because of what you know the NCAA says it's a Supreme Court ruling that's preventing the NCAA from setting rules and regulations. I am curious though, if you've got these two powerful guys, that are going to Capitol Hill to try to get some help in what they can do, are they going outside of NIL into legalities that could help them prevent some of this just straight-up pay-for-play, which is what it is? And what I mean by that is there are tax laws being broken at some point if you are paying top dollar for someone and not getting a service in return. So if if they can discover that, hey, this guy is getting paid this much, we're not seeing where he's endorsing this product. We're not seeing where he's helping out this business owner or this collective in any way. He's just going to school and playing football or basketball and not doing anything. Aren't there inheritance laws or how much money you can give to someone as a gift or tax laws that are being violated? Is there tax evasion if it's a write-off? I mean, there's a lot of implications that I feel like are outside of the realm of Greg Sankey and the Pac-12 and every other conference that maybe some of these lawmakers can dive into and say, yeah, here's where you can find an out with this pay for play before they get on campus.
4: And I think, you know, to me, this was all been set up. It's not like that they came out on a Wednesday and said, hey, we're flying to Capitol Hill on Thursday to meet with you know, Marsha Blackburn or whoever, you know, on Capitol Hill. That just doesn't happen. This is I feel like this has been set up. It just news got out. I think when you look at this thing right now, and I agree with you, Chad, on what they're trying to do when it comes to taxes, players representing companies and doing it the right way, not like, okay, hey, go do a football camp for a day and we'll pay you 10 grand for doing that. There's, there's, I don't want to call it market value because it, I don't know if that's the right term when we're talking about this. But there are rules that you need to abide by when it comes to what these collectives are doing when it comes to what these these groups, you know, we can talk about the, the, the group going on at, at Florida, the Gator Collective, or we can talk about uh, what they're doing in Tuscaloosa right now uh, with with high tides. And, and And I look at how this is all set up. And in my opinion, how did you not think this was going to happen? Like when, when you went back and you put these rules out last July, and things kind of played out over the summer, and we saw what NIL would look like. And I'm going to use a local reference here in Knoxville just because it's right down the road. Uh, Alante Taylor, he had a deal you know, where he would, if he got an interception or whatnot or a turn a touchdown, whatever, he got free cookies. Okay, well, he got paid off that, and then the company made something off of it as well. Like those are the type of deals that these folks thought that NIL would be. What they <laughs> neglected to understand is that boosters would find a way to get the best players in the country on their campus somehow if you were going to leave them that much wiggle room. And that's what you are seeing right now. You're, you are seeing pay-for-play. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it is what it is. Even if you get a kid on campus and he does some camps, and he makes an appearance or two, you know, at a local memorabilia shop or a clothing apparel line, whatever. You're still the amount of money that's being out there right now that are that are being given to these high school recruits. But then also let's not forget the transfer portal as well. It's astonishing to see that it's gotten this far. And then everybody's like, oh, wait a minute. This is not good. This is not what we intended. Look at all the laws that potentially being broken here. What can the federal government do for us that we can't do for ourselves also because we know the NCAA is dragging their feet? Just like Bob Stoops said that I put out this morning, just that he does not trust the NCAA anymore because of how much they drug their feet and they're handling, you know, one rule breaking deal at one university compared to how they're handling at another. So I think there's a lot of
0: confusion. I think that's why Greg Sankey and company went to Washington to see if they can get a little help. I know you saw it. Rick Barnes said this exact thing to us last week. It wasn't intended to be a recruiting lure. It was intended to be something for guys once they got on campus. The thing is, what, what are the odds they could put something back in the bottle? The bureaucracy of the NCAA and college sports is not, not unlike the bureaucracy with anything else. Once you're doing it, the the ability to, to retroactively govern it is nearly impossible.
4: I think that now that it's out, Paul, and now that we've seen how it's been able to be processed when it comes to boosters being involved— Even if they said, and you guys know this, everybody watching this show knows this, okay? A lot of this stuff has been going on for 30 years before this, and it was all done under the table, and boosters were a part of it, and there was a way this thing worked out for college athletics. Let's not be blind to that point. If they came out and said, hey, look, boosters, people affiliated with big programs, and you contribute money, you can't be involved in this type of stuff. You can't be given this type of money. You can't be involved in these collectives. Guys, let's be honest with each other. Those same boosters are going to find ways to give money to that collective that does not tie back to them. So you can try to regulate it. You can try to say, hey, Mr. Big Booster, we can't take your money anymore for players that are going to potentially be coming here or when they get on campus, but let's find different ways to get that money into a collective or into a fund. They're just, you've already opened it up. So trying to close it again, you're not going to be able to close it fully. You might be able to tighten it just a little bit, maybe see if you can get the top on it, but you're never going to get it fully back on. And I think that's the problem that the NCAA and college athletics as a whole has now run into.
3: Trey, so Tennessee lands uh, Brew McCoy from USC. Uh, Brew McCoy was in the transfer portal for a while, went pretty silent, but it was long you know, rumored or thought that he was going to end up at Tennessee. This is another, at least appears to be, nil win for tennessee and for josh heupel my question for you is what exactly is brew mccoy right now because he was the number one receiver prospect in the country but had a very up and down career at usc almost like a spencer rattler you know when he goes to south carolina looked good then wasn't and now is a top prospect elsewhere what is tennessee getting in brew mccoy from usc
4: they're Getting a guy, first off, looks like D.K. Metcalf. I mean, he's he's massive, and and his ability to go up and get the football, uh, I think that's going to be huge for what Hendon Hooker in this offense is trying to do this year. He's also a speedy guy. He can get down the field. Don't let his size uh, maybe throw you off on what he can do and getting 30, 40 yards past a defender. Um, not saying beating, I'm saying get down the field. I think when you look at overall, Brew McCoy, he – this thing to Tennessee's been done for a while. Um, he had to finish off some things, and then he gets here to Knoxville. He can start um, his his summer schooling and be involved in the program. I, I think that you're getting another weapon that you'll be able to line up on the outside. You can put Tillman on one side. You can put Brew McCoy on the other, if you want to. Chad, you could throw, you know, Jalen Hyatt right there in the slot or Walker Merrill, Squirrel, whoever you want to put in. There, you can't. But what you're getting is somebody that knows the college game, somebody that has played it before in a sense of big-time atmosphere. Now, look, we all know what went on at USC and how we got to this point where he is now and, 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 and getting a second chance at, at college football, but I think they are getting a playmaker, and I think this is somebody they could really use next season because, you know, when you lose – Javante Payton and Bayless Jones, that's a lot of touchdowns and yards that you're having, having to get back. And I think being able to add somebody like McCoy, who has that explosiveness, who has, you know, now a relationship with Hendon Hooker, because this has been done for a minute now. Uh, I think it comes in, and I think he's able to contribute. Day one, they're gonna feed him the football, and and this is just another weapon. On one side, you can here's what defense is gonna have to do. You got to figure out, okay. I'm not going to guard Tillman. I'm not going to guard Hyde across the middle. Are we going to try to double-team Brew McCoy? Like, Tennessee has options now at wide
0: receiver, and I think that was the point of getting
4: McCoy in in Knoxville.
0: Shane Beamer likes the idea of scrimmages uh, in the spring or uh, early fall. You think that's a realistic idea at all? I don't know how realistic it
4: is. I think it's a great idea. I I think that what we've seen over the last number of years when it comes to spring football – in college football, um, I I think it's kind of died down a little bit. You're not seeing the crowds that you've seen before, maybe besides Oklahoma. You know, welcome to the SEC in a couple years at Oklahoma. who had like 70,000 at their spring game. Uh, But you're not just – you're not feeling that excitement anymore around spring football, and maybe that's because, you know, recruiting periods flow into it. You've got the transfer portal going on right now. There's just different dynamics that are going on when spring football – was the head honcho five, six years ago. Um, I I think that the idea of having some kind of exhibition game, let's just say Tennessee were to play UT Chattanooga or play ETSU in an exhibition type of matchup or Alabama with with somebody in state. Um, I think it would be good for the second, the third stringers there's gonna be players that wouldn't play, but you're bringing excitement because you get the feel of a real type of game. You're not going out there and you're not watching a practice. Or you're not going out there and you're not watching You know the, 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 the stoppages of plays, them trying to form what they think is a scrimmage. I, I think it would boost spring football um, in a sense of excitement level because there's just that period where we get out of college basketball And up until media days, you know, nothing's really going on. Um, So it would help. I think Beamer's got the right idea. I think it would be fun. We see this in college basketball, too. And I know college football's a lot tougher in the trenches, and I get that. But we see college basketball teams, take, for instance, Tennessee. They scrimmage Davidson every single year before the regular season begins. And they get a feel of what they have inside their program and what they need to work on. If college football were able to do this in the spring, okay, maybe that gives you a better eye of what's going on in the second string or third string and try to figure out what it looks like going into the summer and fall camp. I just I don't think it could hurt. I think it could only help. And you know ESPN and you know all these companies, the SEC Network, they would eat it up when it comes to advertising dollars. So I don't think it's a bad idea.
3: So Scott Frost in Nebraska, they've been very active in the transfer market, brought in two big-name quarterbacks. Uh, from Texas and, and Florida State into their program. Just got the top pass rusher from TCU to come in. This is a make-or-break season for Scott Frost. And last week, we get the news that Scott Frost has received a one-year show cause from the NCAA for failure to monitor his special teams analyst uh, who went over the allotted practice time. Uh, not a huge deal when you look at the violations, Trey, but can you help me out? I, I've not read the NCAA rule book, but last I checked, I thought a one-year show cause meant you had to go to the NCAA and show cause to employ that coach. Is this just simply if he gets hired somewhere else, they're going to have to show cause to hire him and he's fine at his current place of employment? I I was confused to see that and not one mention of Nebraska having to show anything to the NCAA in order for him to coach outside of this five-day suspension he's going to have to serve.
4: So I'm going to give you an example. I don't have it right in front of me,
3: but – a
4: few years ago, Dan Mullen was hit with a so-called show cause That's right. for recruiting a kid up in Oregon. Now, what that meant for him was he was not allowed to be involved you know, off-campus recruiting, not allowed to be involved if they had a bunch of commits coming to town. You're having some big weekend. Uh, you couldn't go on the road during fall um, recruiting periods, take a look at prospects and whatnot this is the same case as what you've got going on with Scott Frost. Um, this is what I like to call the Dan Mullen treatment. Um, so, you know, Scott Frost gets penalized for this, and there are certain things that they're hitting him with recruiting-wise. It's not that big a deal in, in a sense of what you would think it would be if the NCAA says show cause. It's, it just, it's so different compared to what other coaches might get for transgressions compared to what current coaches are getting for what they're doing now. They're pretty much saying, "You screwed up. We're going to penalize you for a little bit here. If you do anything again, we're going to come back and we're going to lay the hammer on you." It's the same thing that happened with Dan Mullen at Florida. So it, you'll you'll see reports that come out that say that Scott Frost is not involved with this activity or this activity when it comes to recruiting and whatnot. But it, it won't hurt him anything on the field unless he does something like this again.
3: So Trey, Trey Wallace from Outkick.com is our guest here on Outkick 360. Trey, Jordan Addison, the Blitnikoff winner, uh, one of the best players in all of college football at Pitt, has entered the transfer portal, and this one feels different. Um, this one feels different than other ones, and it's getting a lot more talk about, boy, is this really where we're going now, where this late in the game a guy is pretty clearly making a money play uh, to go somewhere else and stir things up and leave a program where – he won the Bolitnikoff Award just the prior year what, what do you make of this move and the talk it's generating across college football?
4: it was It's kind of interesting that this is the one player, and I get how high profile he is, but one of the biggest recruits, whatever you want to call them, transfer portal players that that have hit It was kind of surprising that it took a life of its own because we've seen this so many times with transfer portal players. But then you add on to the fact that there are reports out there that uh, Pat Narduzzi is making phone calls to Lincoln Riley to show his displeasure for them probably talking uh, to Addison. Which guys, this happens. I mean,
3: tampering is the big uh, phrase now they throw out there for every team. Everybody's tampering with other other schools' players at all times,
4: and I hate that because you know what they're doing it through either teammates they have on their current roster, former friends, or whatnot and if you don't think it's going on you're just you're not you're not fully grasping college football um most of the time these transfer portal players and and there's a good amount out there but i'm saying the high profile ones they know where they're going right when they enter um i think this one kind of hit a bit of a spurt because of the money figures that you had some people out there in LA throwing out uh you had the the whole tampering mess with Narduzzi and Lincoln Riley. But then, okay, let's make things even crazier. He was working out with Bryce Young in California. And you're like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe Alabama is in on this thing and not just USC or maybe Texas or whatnot. Maybe Nick Saban's making a ploy and this kid shows up on campus in the next couple of days uh, to enroll in, in, in summer school. So I think, I think when you have a high-profile player like that, I think that's kind of what sets things off. Um, the whole tampering thing, I don't really buy much into that because let's be honest, tampering goes on at every single school in different types of forms. It just happens. You have connections at other places. Um, but I think right now, as we sit, he is a story that people are gonna keep an eye out on. And they're also gonna keep an eye out on who he hires as an NIL representative uh, if he were to stay out there in California or if he were to, to end up in a place like Tuscaloosa. So his name is being brought out to the, to the masses because of how good of a player he is and also the timing that he did into the portal where he pretty much waited until the last minute to jump in, and, and he did, and he made waves.
2: Trey Wallace has been our guest. Trey, you mentioned uh, Dan Mullen a few minutes ago. Is he just taking the year off? Is that official? He hasn't landed anywhere, even as an analyst in the NFL or anything like that, to my knowledge.
4: I was told that Dan Mullen was trying to get in on the um, the analyst game with, with ESPN, SEC Network, maybe something like that. Uh, if you remember back, um, he did sideline work uh, for ESPN in the college football playoff national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Um, I was told like a month ago, month and a half ago, uh, that that was something his agent was trying to put out there. We'll we'll see if that happens. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, and if not, maybe take a year off and then get back into the college game. I miss old Darth Vader.
2: Yeah, <laughs> follow, follow uh, well, Darth Vader. Um, there's a there's a coach at Missouri that'll help you out with that. He's got the costume for it. Um, he's happy to wear it any time. He'll be I your clown. Dorky,
4: <laughs> I love me some dorky Eli
0: Drinkwitz. Yeah. I really do. Yep. They both had a big day yesterday, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> may the force follow, a big holiday for uh, them. Follow Trey on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. Trey, thank you as always, man.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me and Paul. Let's get your kid into a uh, U.S. national
0: jersey, please. Uh, he's got, <laughs> but he's uh, outgrown wearing anything Dad suggests.
2: Uh, when, when, when was he wearing anything you suggested?
0: Uh, there was a time where small he had bullet, a lot of Yankee, a Yankee in Columbia, he didn't dress in U.S. Himself. soccer. <laughs> yeah.
3: He he had to wear what? What his?
0: My knowledge,
2: he was wearing Phillies gear.
0: (laughs) That too.
3: (laughs) Last I checked, he doesn't have a job
0: (laughs) right now. He's he's got a. You have uh, to pay for his clothing. He's got a little split screen Yankee Philly uh, thing on his phone.
2: Um, Coming up, uh, a discussion that Florio put out, and I'm I'm with him on, on this: that there needs to be transparency from the NFL with the PED policy because right now. You have the the hammer comes down on the player. The player then responds and says, "I'm not sure how what I did this. How, I, don't how, how did that that I don't know who that I don't know who that you know." And and then we're just left saying, "Well, serve your punishment, and we'll see you in six weeks." There needs to be more transparency behind how this player, anyone, tests positive. We'll we'll throw out some examples coming up on OutKick 360. How kick 360 rolls on in the UFC, the UFC uses USADA as their testing body. They they use USADA, the same company that will do the Olympics um, for these drug tests. And they then report, for instance, John Jones pops for roids or uh, something, uh, a PED. And then they tell you, it's a, it, it, what was a picogram, which is a minuscule amount, a trace of an illegal substance. They then retest that again, and he pops again for a very small, very small trace amount. But it, it's very difficult to come back and say, oh, was it my fault. Uh, this was a con- contamination of a supplement, you know, I, and, and play dumb with it. Like, you, you, there, there's more information to it. In the NFL... With their policy, basically, once the player says, I didn't knowingly ingest anything on purpose, it's dead from that point. Like, you either you either win your appeal or you accept, you accept your punishment, and then there's no questions asked from that point on. I guess what I'm saying is it, there is a different level of responsibility in the NFL with this than what we would hold to a Major League Baseball player yeah. who pops for PEDs. And therein lies the transparency issue that I have with the NFL policy. The NFL policy they announce the suspension, and then they just text take, take a step back and say nothing else in regards to anything the player in this case deAndre hopkins and i 'm not picking on Hopkins here it 's just the same old regurgitated line of i didn 't know what I was taking i'm i'm shocked just like everyone. Well, not everyone can just be shocked with this, yeah like uh, not every single player who pops did it unintentionally
0: well this is the formula in the NFL you mentioned baseball and you're You'd be okay with it in baseball. But in baseball, the tradition is outrage. And in football, the tradition is like, well, I'm surprised. uh, uh, For a lot of people, like, I'm surprised more guys aren't doing this right. In football, especially like for, for the linemen, you're like, these guys need every edge to get big or whatever. And so the general public is kind of accepting of it. And because what happens is the DeAndre Hopkins thing comes out, Or in Nashville, a couple years ago, we had it with a lineman, Taylor Lewan. Got the four-game knock. He got out in front of it, even before the suspension was announced. Put out a video. Kind of took the storyline upon himself. I took a supplement. It was a tainted supplement. I didn't know. I didn't get it to the Titans trainers to inspect, yada, yada. Told his story. Got in front of it. It's a couple days story. And it goes away. And because that's the way it works... The league is pretty unbothered by it. Players don't really get branded by it and it goes away. So the league likes it like that and the public accepts it like that. And so everybody's all right with it. And people like you and me who want more transparency and want to get to the bottom of it, get swallowed up by the majority of the public. That's okay with it. And so the league's like, Hey, we'll take a black eye for a day and a half, two days and a half, whatever it is, it'll go away. And then, Onto the uh, onto the
3: next. Maybe for the league, it goes away. I disagree that it goes away for those players. I'll never forget that Taylor Lewan got suspended for those games. I'll right. never forget about but Julian he recovers Eddleton pretty well. I'll never forget about DeAndre Hopkins at the end of his career that he was suspended. They for recover this. pretty
0: well compared to Mark McGuire.
3: Well, yeah, but that's more of like the Hall of Fame, you know, talk and all of that. Which I, here's my or issue Brady with it. Anderson. The NFL is all about education and player safety and all this, and we're educating. Where's the education element of this? If you were transparent with it and said, A, B, and C happened here. Here are the exact anabolic steroids that uh, DeAndre Hopkins tested positive for. Here is his claim of the supplement he took. This is what happened. This is what players need to avoid in order to not get popped for this. Here's how you can avoid that. There's a lot of education that could go along with it this Might happen by, by reporting the story. And saying exactly what well, happened. Well, it might happen it inside
0: and with the union, but it would never happen publicly. Well, it doesn't happen. It doesn't I don't happen. think it happens inside either.
3: Yeah, because it, I want to be able to give,
2: and I, I do give these players benefit of the doubt, because there have been cases where you have a contaminated batch of supplements produced in this, for lack of a better term, VAT, that is also used to produce another supplement that's not clean properly. Or bad you know,
0: sample taking yeah, sometimes. Who,
2: who knows? But if this is always going to be the excuse... But yet the league doesn't come back with any transparency on whether or not their claim is accurate. I mean, if if all of these players are telling the truth that they didn't knowingly ingest this and it came from a supplement that was approved by the league, it was just a contaminated batch of approval uh, of of a, a drug or a, a supplement. That's that's a that's a bad policy. It's not on the player. That's a terrible PED policy that is hurting. The player, the team, and the fans. Innocent guys, conce- and conceivably. And, and, and so, I also want transparency from that end. Yeah, it, 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 like, let's let's take into account. Maybe Hopkins is telling the truth. Maybe Lawan's telling the truth. And. There were contaminated batch what what's the league doing behind the scenes to ensure that it doesn't happen to the next guy? Well,
0: by saying
2: and no and sitting on a uh, a positive test since November and announcing it in April does no one any good
0: by saying you're responsible for what you ingest, you're on the hook for a contaminated supplement. supplement that's awfully hard line, but they just figured that sweeping is the best way to do it
2: yeah, well. Urban Meyer swept under the rug, too, in Jacksonville. Shad Khan speaks on that next.